Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot Buddy Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Monday morning episode. Just having a little yawn there before we start. Um, Good weekend, Sam. Enjoyable? Uh, Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I planted Mm. some strawberries out in the back garden on Saturday. Nice. Whether I'd, I'm not um, an experienced strawberry grower or grower no. of anything, to be honest. Yeah. I love the idea of gardening, obviously. Who doesn't, uh, right? But I've never... Yeah. You need to get into it, so... You don't have green fingers, is that what you say? I saying? don't have green fingers, but I would like to get them. So I ordered some uh, strawberry... Um, what would you call them? They're like... Plants? They're, no, yeah, they're like shoots. So you get them. Yeah. They're, they're they're like the roots plus a tiny, yeah. maybe centimeter tall shoot, and then Sounds like a plant. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> not like a plant. Not like when I think of a plant, I think of a cheese plant. Do you know what I mean? Oh right, yeah, yeah. just a cheese plant. That's the only yeah. plant you think of. That's that's right, the yeah. main plant. Yeah. Although when I was a kid, I used oh, that's, to. That's the 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 emoji alphabet. Plant would be a cheese plant, yeah. and that represents Although, all plants. When I was a kid, I got really into the yucca plant because I thought it was Did dead you? exotic. Because yeah. you know, when you're a kid, you're really into palm trees. You're obsessed with it. My kids are obsessed with them now. Kids, palm love, trees. Kids love palm trees. They draw them and they just associate them with like the good life. What? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, what? Think of a, a palm kids tree. Palm trees. Yeah, you just think of it because they associate it with like. I mean, if you went on emoji like the good life or the just dress lifestyle, it might yeah. be a palm tree that you palm see. Palm tree, could be, yeah. Because they just think, well, we oh yeah, that. exotic yeah. desert island palm tree, love it. I think it's because when when you read kids' comics as well, you see so many of those one frame cartoons which feature a Robinson Crusoe type character, and yeah. he's always underneath the palm tree, isn't he? He is, yeah. Or but sometimes you do see like a someone who's supposed to be a millionaire. There'll be like mm. a kid who's like called Johnny Dollars, who's really rich. And he'll be yeah. lying on a sun lounger drinking a cocktail with dark glasses on under a palm tree. <laughs> Out of a coconut shell with a straw. Yeah. <laughs> when you think, right, how ultimately I'm happy with my life. You know, we talk about it a lot, like contentment. And I try to every day count my blessings. I do. I really yeah. do. And, but... When I was younger, if I thought to myself, how would I, if I could totally dream what it would be like, it would be the mm-hmm. final scene from my favourite all-time film, Trading Places, where they're lying on a beach <laughs> and there are palm trees yeah. everywhere. There are palm trees, yeah. And, then, and and it's all about the palm trees. Mm. So, But there's places, in, there's places in England that have palm trees, isn't there? Like yeah. Torquay, I think, has got palm trees, haven't they? Yeah, you it's see them about. The climate. You see them about. I know of. No, you don't get many in Sunderland. But, you you know, people will have them. 
people get them put in their gardens, but it's not the same. Southern nonchalance there. Yeah, you see palm trees about. Yeah, yeah you see them down here. Yeah. There's a palm tree on every corner palm down tree, south. Palm tree, koi carp. People have all sorts of things in their gardens down there. Parrots. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking money flying about. There are parakeets <laughs> that fly around my area. Yeah, it's well known. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. Although, there's an area in Sunderland that gets parrots, apparently, during the summer months. Mm. Some, so a few streets away from where I live, there's a fellow just like and escape, he says we get don't parrots they? I think that's here. how it starts, yeah. Yeah, that's nice, though. It's nice, nice to know. Well, my mate Joe, who's like my best mate when I was a kid, uh, or like mm. one of my best mates, we were like, he had parrot. His mum loved parrots, and mm. they had two. One was called Brian. Night, night, Brian! Right, that's what you used to always say. <laughs> You'd be like, it's not even, it's the middle uh, of the day, you daft cunt. <laughs> that's all he fucking said. Night, night, Brian. Say night, night <laughs> to himself. I'd be like, this fucking parrot you've got here is 40, mate. He's fucking touched in the nut, and he? He keeps saying night, night to himself over and over again. No concept of time, fucking arsehole. <laughs> right, but he wasn't the arsehole. The real arsehole was the other one. Brian was great. The other one was a big fucker, and it was a and it was called Sybil, right? Mm. And Sybil was an absolute fucking cunt, right? Maniac, <laughs> right? And it, it was, she was older, and she was dead grumpy, and she was bigger and more fierce looking. And sometimes Brian was allowed out of the cage, and if you Brian had the balls, Brian could <laughs> sit sit on your arm and all that, you know. All right, Brian, you could yeah. feed him something if you're into it. Yeah, I was cut like, a fish. To be well, honest, I yeah. shat myself a bit, but sometimes I'd have a little interaction with him. I'd engage, mm. right? But mm-hmm. Sybil was never fucking allowed out of her cage, right? Which makes you so think, cool. what the fuck have you got a parrot for, right? <laughs> but may- maybe when she was younger, she'd been all right, and then she'd just turn grumpy, as a lot of people do as they well, get the old. the thing is, the, long- the longer she's contained in the cage, the more fucking psycho she's going to get. Yeah, it's a vicious, so, it's a vicious you know, circle. Perpetuating. Yeah. But me, me and Joe Perpetual. were just hanging around one day after school. He lived quite near school, so I'd go, go around his quite a lot after school and just, you know, do a bit of hanging about. Very often, we'd climb up on the roof and have a fag. Mm. Like, you know, that kind of malarkey. Anyway, what... <laughs> One day we were just roof fags. Roof fags. Oh. Roof fags were so funny. There was a there was a flat bit of roof at the top of his house that we could climb out of his bedroom window and get on. And we'd have these fags that I'd stolen out of my brother's bedroom, which were Greek. <laughs> and you know, like Greek fags are like rah, they're like a million times stronger than even John Player Special. <laughs> That's the way the Greeks like them. No filters. Yeah. The thing about Greek fags is you gotta watch out because they've got tiny bits of uh, crushed glass in them. <laughs> yeah, because it's cheaper to make them that way. The Greek fag factories pad it, pad out the tobacco with glass. They, they put a small amount of gunpowder in them as well. So yeah, yeah. Because sometimes if you, if you cough after smoking one, you can just like you could actually like an explosion could come out your mouth and you could die or kill someone you were talking to. That's why you got to smoke them on a roof. So yeah. So we'd get up on the roof. But it was so funny because his mum was is a lovely woman, but quite formidable too. You know, like there was, there's a, that hinterland parent. So you got parents who are like chilled. Then you got parents who are strict and scary, and you don't really like them. Yeah. And yeah. then sh- she was like the hinterland parent who everyone loved, but mm. she was fucking scary and strict. She was not to be fucked with. You get yeah. teachers like that too, don't you? Like yeah, you don't yeah. dislike yeah. them, but they're fucking scary, right? You 
anyway, and you almost like, you almost don't know why. There's just an aura about them. You've not you've not seen yeah. an incident where they've used their full force, but you know it's there. Yeah, and you know they're yeah. capable of it. Yeah. You just don't want to be the one who unleashes it. <laughs> Yeah, she would come around the corner. I can still picture the estate car that she would come around the corner in, and we'd see it from the roof, and we'd be on the roof, you know, fourteen or something, with your Greek fags, <laughs> pretending it's nice and relaxing, but really it's disgusting and it's like painful. Yeah. But you're giving it like, oh, look at us up here. All we need now is a palm tree, and we'd be fucking living the dream, sunshine, up here on our roof. Lovely Greek fags on the go in our school uniform. <laughs> and we go, that's your mum! Because you're at such a high vantage point, you could see her a street away as she came around the corner. And we'd yeah. like, I could shit ourselves so badly, like the fag would go up in the air, the packet would go down the drain pipe, we'd be fucking clambering back through the window really dangerously. <clears throat> anyway, when we, one day when we weren't doing that, we were just in the living room hanging around, mm. and it was like something from fucking Jurassic Park. Because we were just, I don't know what we were doing, watching telly or making a cup of tea. And then all of a sudden, I turned round and Joe wasn't facing it. And the door to Sybil's cage was out. And it was like one of those things in a film where I sort of saw the door of the cage open. I went, oh, door of that cage is open. Brian must have come out for a little walkabout. And then I looked and I saw Brian still in his cage. And I went, oh, hang oh. on, Brian's in that oh, cage. Sybil. And I was like, but that cage is empty. But that's Sybil's cage, right? And then I turned my head again. And Sybil was just stood there. Like, I'd always imagined if Sybil gets out, it would be it like total mayhem immediately. Yeah. But in Carnage. fact, Sybil was just there, lent casually, giving it that, all right, cut. All right, cut. <laughs> Look who's come out to play. <laughs> just looking at me, eyeballing me. And like Joe still remembers this this day. He just heard me go, Sybil's escaped. <laughs> and my voice really did go, Sybil's escaped. And he don't went, try. I thought it was his family. Pet. I was expecting him to come down and go, don't worry. We've got a procedure for this. There are protocols in place, right? Yeah. Don't, no sudden no. movements. Walk very, very slowly backwards. But he didn't. He just went, ah! And fucking threw shit up in the air and just, like, jumped on the sofa. We were both fucking just running round in circles around the room. And what was funny was, Sybil just looked at us, nice and calm. Yeah, what's the matter, cunts? Don't, <laughs> Something upset don't try. you? <laughs> don't try and go for the door, gentlemen. I've locked it. <laughs> exactly, it was no, like then. that. <laughs> Why don't you settle down? Now you, why don't you stop fucking crying and put the kettle on and make us all a nice cup of tea? <laughs> milk, milk, five sugars, please for me. No, no one's going anywhere in hurry. We're all going to sit and have a nice little chat about things. <laughs> you need to settle yourself down, sunshine. You're going to give yourself heart problems, right? Now, now, there, there, sit down. Your mate over there, cunty boy, he's going to make us a nice brew and we're going to see what's to be done. We're going to get to the bottom of things once and for all. <laughs> now, let's start Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, I've escaped from my fucking cage. <laughs> There's no turning back time now and there'll be no getting me back it's in happened. there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how it happened. That's my business. 
<laughs> but it's happened. And here we all are. Now, you're the unfortunates who happened to be in my vicinity when the escape took place. That wasn't that wasn't by design. It could have been any cunt. I escaped when I escaped. I'm an opportunist. <laughs> They're just so happened that I like you two. I like you a lot. This could have been but, a lot uglier if there had been but, certain other members of the family whose names shall not be mentioned who were in. <laughs> I like you both, but what's about to happen has to happen. And there's no point having any regrets about it. It's about respect. It's about reputation. It's about word on the street. Or, in my case, word in the sky, because I am a bird after all. Even though you cunts have not let me fly up in the sky for fucking decades. As I said, I like you too, but I've been in that cage for eight years now. And now I'm out. And there has to be, let's say, reparations. Oh, so I think quite literally like a caged animal. <laughs> But in the end, we we did escape from Sybil's attack. Sybil started to go mad. Then Joe's formidable mother came home and she went, right, right I'll get in there, right? Because when a bird starts going mental in a room, it's terrifying. Mm. It's like we talked before about when a bird comes down your chimney, right? Mm. A few people have been in touch about that happening to them. It's happened to me and it's no fucking fun at all. Mm. But... uh she went in and it was going mad. And it was like one of those scenes in a film again where you just hear, she walks in calmly and I'm thinking, this is a battle royale. This is Kath versus Sybil. The most formidable yeah. mother I know versus the most formidable parrot I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who will win? And she went in and we were like shitting it out in the hallway and you just said, crash, bang, wallop, squawk, like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we fucking eventually went in and she had not only captured Sybil she had also to almost learn her you know like you know like in prisons where like someone tries an escape or tries to yeah. an uprising and in the end the screws just get him and then they think we better give him a really severe beating to teach him Punishment a lesson beating. Yeah. and Kath had got Sybil and do you know what she did she started mm. clipping her claws mmm and we came in Fuck and hell. we were like, what's going on here? And she was like, well, she needs a, she needs this done anyway, periodically. And seeing mm. as she's out, I might as well just do it now. And Sybil was like, fuck me. I've been captured by Kath. And now I'm having my fucking talons clipped, right? But then I glanced down. Like I thought, oh, I can, I can hardly look. I'm so scared. I was trembling. And I looked down, took a closer look at what Kath was doing. Kath's hands were covered in blood. Oh, right? fucking hell. Because Sybil was just scratching and everything. If you're gonna if you're gonna fucking like cut a a, a parrot's talons, then mm. you're gonna get injured. Kath hadn't even flinched. Yeah. It reminded me of that bit in Cape Fear with Robert De Niro where oh, he fuck yeah. where he he lets that flare off in his hand. And just yeah. and just stares at them while it's burning all over him. It was yeah. like that. She was just like, "Yeah, what's the matter? Never seen some a mum have her hand lacerated by a wild animal before." <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So that's so, my story uh, of Sybil the parrot. Dead so, now, uh, of course. So uh, yeah, you bought a strawberry plant, you said. Yeah. 
So I planted it with the boy. I thought it'd be a nice yeah. activity for us to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was quite good. We went up home base. Did you just uh, plant it in a in a in a like a border? In a, no, like I got a, a special. Got I got a special um, receptacle, which is, is actually one of those planters. Yeah, it's like I got I got of. it from Amazon, and it's like fold down. It's like fabric sort of material, and mm. you pull it up, and yeah, it's like barrel shaped, but it's got little pockets on the side. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And so we that, put yeah. it in like that, and I I didn't really know what to do with soil. There'll probably be lots of green-fingered cunters listening who'll tell me. Green-fingered pedants, lampards, strawberry lampards. For strawberry season, you probably missed the boat. You probably missed the boat by about four and a half days. Yeah. I think the deadline was midday on Thursday. It depends, of course, what species of strawberry you've opted for. Do you have a south-facing garden or an (laughs) east-facing garden? Because that makes a difference. (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, Gardeners God. are right lampards, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't want to get involved in it, really. Just have a bit of lawn. Maybe no. there's a few plants that just grow every you year. You can. I'm just Flowers. not going to start asking advice from any cunts. And if any cunts yeah. tries they'll to get give in you touch anywhere. with me... Yeah, I know that. They'll, they'll give you anywhere. You don't have to ask for it. Yeah. It's but anyway, I got the um, I got some multi-purpose soil. And while I was there, I was like, said to Len, Yeah, get some of that fucking compost as well. Chop that in while you're at it. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get multi-purpose soil so I don't have to ask anyone what kind I need. Exactly. Multi-purpose soil that it covers everything. Why Just would I that? not get multi-purpose? Oh, can I have some soil that's only for one purpose? <laughs> so that way I have to buy fucking eight or nine different bags for all different things. Or will I just get one multi-purpose fucking bag? <laughs> Got that and some compost. I didn't quite know what to do, so I just mixed it up all together. I thought, yeah, that should be all right. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, well done. Couldn't find couldn't find a watering can, so I just got a glass uh, of water from the kitchen, chucked that over, over it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Len was gutted the next day when we got up and there was no fucking strawberries yet. I was oh, like, Jesus. for fuck's sake, mate, you're nine, <laughs> you're nine years old. Fucking have some patience. That's the sort of shit you expect a two-year-old to come out with. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, go down the shops and buy some. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
Jalapeño. But that's kids these days, mate. They're just like, they want everything right now. Instant gratification, they're, don't they? They're very yeah. entitled. Children are very entitled these days. Yeah. And I tell they you are. one of the main things they feel entitled to is entertainment. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, I suppose we've probably talked about this a lot, but I'm staggered the extent to which Len is sometimes just like resents boredom. As oh, if it, I was just going to say, if I ever hear my son saying he's bored, I go yeah. through the roof. Oh, yeah. I give him a lecture that I... When cannot, I was a lad! Yeah, exactly. I can't <laughs> believe my own ears, that lecture that yeah. I give. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's we just like... We had three channels yeah, on the telly. But they've just got like... The thing is, it's not just like... They get bored easily, and that's because Ooh. there is so much stimulation, so much incredible, mind-blowing, brilliant entertainment at your fingertips at all times, yeah. right? And... Yeah. That's just the way it is. That like whoever you are, you've got that right. If you grow up in a, in fucking in the UK, right? And they, but what I don't like is it's almost it's the difference between being used to that, but also your kids do need to fucking learn that it's not necessarily it's not like an inalienable human right to be <laughs> entertained to a very five star <laughs> entertainment at all times. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. nice. I don't resent it, but it's not like the right to life. It's not like I have the right not to be murdered in my bed by government enforcers, right? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that'll come. But do you know what I mean? That is a that, that's a that's a right. Okay. That's a, a right you're, you're, you know, you've got freedom. You can start your own business, right? A right to yeah. have food, basic amount of food or a roof over your head, right? Those, those should be yeah. rights. But having the right to, like, you know, play fucking incredible video games or just a game on your app or fucking watch football at any time of day, you know, not mm. have to just stare at teletext all afternoon, right? It's just like, if he doesn't have it, if there's a gap or if you said, right, no more screens for the rest of the mm. day because you've had plenty already, right? Because he'll fucking, he knows Saturday, Sunday morning because we have a lie-in. He'll fucking, I swear, he, I don't know if this is true, but he seems to manage to get up a lot fucking earlier at weekends than he does on weekdays. And the reason is he knows that we'll be sleeping and he'll he, the earlier he gets up, the more time he gets on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, clever. You know, Very and then clever. and then and then it's Monday morning, and he's just fucking sleeping like a log, right? Mm. But yeah, you, you go no more screen time, and it's like this. Well, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, everything is screen time. And you're like, have you Read seen a book? Your, have you seen your room? It is full of toys, amusements, trinkets, yeah. books, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, shiny things. Yeah, Objects of fancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck all that. <laughs> I got you a fucking parrot. Where's that parrot? I don't fucking know. <laughs> He's in the room somewhere. It's that fucking messy. I wouldn't be able to find him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as well, you're never bored if you've never seen the Shaggy Day Year. If you've got access to Disney yeah. Plus and you find yourself bored, you've always got the Shaggy Day Year. <gasps> What's watch. the fucking Shaggy Day Year? I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, scratch that. I'll watch it with you. Yeah, still <laughs> haven't could, watched it. This could wait till later. Still um, haven't got right to watching it. But the strawberry plant was good. And then I tried to make a Middle Eastern feast, but it went disastrously wrong. All right. Uh, what provoked you to do that then? Just fancy 
doing a bit of cooking on Saturday. I was feeling quite did energetic. Stuff. So yeah. I did I did some you know, I did I did my Saturday housework, which is always my favourite thing that I look forward to at the weekend. Mm. And then I thought, right, I'll go at home base, get this fucking manure I need, compost, whatever. And For then the um, strawberry. <laughs> uh, stick that on the strawberries. And I'm like, right, I'm gonna make some fucking falafel, you cunts. So or oh, falafel, however you say it. So I made them. And then I thought, you're supposed to lightly fry them in a frying pan. I thought, fuck that, right. they're going in the deep fat fryer. <laughs> like because everything else. I had a vision that if I deep fat fried them, that's like a nuclear option, right? Yeah. And I thought that I'd put these like three seconds balls that I'd made of chickpea and whatnot, right, mm. into the deep fat fryer for three seconds and they would come out sort of nicely firm on the outside, you mm. know, firm and crispy, but still soft on the inside, like, Perfect. Do you know what mm. fucking happened? It eradicated them. I put them really? in, in the basket, right? When I lifted the basket up after three minutes, gone. Gone. So <laughs> just got I'm not joking. It was Destroyed like them. it was amazing. So then I got one of them slotted wow. spoons, like it's a metal slotted spoon that you can fish yeah, into the deep back row with. Yeah. I thought they must be in there somewhere. This is fucking well weird. They can't so vanish. I, I had a root around. Gone. They're literally Nothing. like, you know, like you see things burnt in acid. It was like yeah. that. Like a dead body. So I learned wow. not I mean, to is try the, deep fat fryer the, the deep fat fryer, has mm. the deep fat fryer got an exhaust pipe on it? Yeah, it's got a vent. What yeah, I do is... Yeah, they probably come out of that then. They'll come yeah. out of that. Well, it was the in the air. We probably inhaled it. It's like a Heston Blumenthal yeah. situation. But we enjoyed it. And yeah. they go, <laughs> Dad... What time's dinner? You've already had it, you daft cunts. You've breathed it in. What? You've been, you've been fucking having it for the last five minutes. It's in the atmosphere all around us. I got it out of the Heston Blumenthal fucking comfort, didn't I? But I'm still hungry. Well, just give it 10 no, minutes for it, to, for it to settle in your stomach. For the fumes to solidify. <laughs> now, the other thing I saw this weekend, right, was... Um, mm-hmm a film, I think it's on Netflix, about Imelda Marcos called oh, yeah. The Kingmaker. Right. And uh, it's fucking amazing. Imel- Imelda Marcos is quite a spectacular individual who I now feel compelled <clears throat> to learn more about. Uh, we watched it over a couple of nights, me and my good wife. I kept nodding off because right. that's what I do, you know. Because of all the activity you'd been doing. Yeah, all the strawberries and yeah. the falafels and yeah. that. I fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I woke up, every time I woke up, something mental was happening. And then I'd go, I'd be like, what's she done now? <laughs> like, I mean, the, the, big, the big takeaway everyone has about Imelda Marcus is that she had a million shoes. pairs of shoes yeah. or whatever. But didn't she also try to get the Beatles killed? Well, Wasn't I didn't. That one of her that, things I as mean, well? that's amazing. And having watched this documentary, I can well believe it. I don't think it was mentioned in the doc, in, in doc that I saw. <laughs> It wasn't worthy no, of being mentioned. No, because she, she, because her life is so spectacular. Like, in it, I didn't even know she was still fucking operational. It all centred around the election in, I think, 2014, when she was trying to get her fucking um, son. Because Ferdinand Marcos, he's dead, right? But she still yeah, wants yeah. the family to, you know, rule, because they're like the mm. main family. They're like the Kardashians, if you will, of mm. the Philippines, right? And um, so she was trying to get her son, who's called Bong Bong, right? <laughs> uh, elected as um, 
vice president, which is quite a big deal job over there. Oh, vice president Bong Bong. Yeah, but I, my attitude was he missed out. But, you know, my attitude was he's never going to fucking win high office with a name like Bong Bong, is he? Mm. I mean, that's a name for a chimpanzee, not a fucking yeah. vice president. Not someone with serious legislative powers over a country of millions, right? You're not going to put budget millions of pounds worth of budget in his hands. Anyway, probably my my favourite takeout, which screamed, which was the most top flight time machine thing of it, mm-hmm. was she's talking about all her years as effectively the first lady, but. They mm. more or less ran the Philippines for a long time as a double act. It was sort of accepted that although she wasn't the one that you voted for, you got her as yeah. part of the package. She was extremely influential. A Lady Macbeth, you might say. Yeah. And um, she's going, and she speaks English mostly, because I didn't know, but in the Philippines, like, English is like the main language. A bit of Spanish. Right. right. She's going, yeah, well, uh, when I was, when I, you know, when I used to go around the world meeting, like, I'm not joking. When it starts, by the way, she's driving around the Philippines. Philippines suffers from a huge amount of, like, quite extreme, shocking poverty. Like, there's shanty towns and stuff like that. And yeah. it opens with her going along in a, like, fucking, some sort of huge limousine slash Hummer. One of those stretch Hummer type things, right? in a dress that's straight out of Dynasty. But this is in, like, 2014, <laughs> with, like, the most amazing fucking re- glittery red dress, but just like like you'd wear to a ball in the 80s, but this is just a normal day-to-day yeah, wear now, every day today. Stuff. Yeah. And, like, enormous shoulder pads, right? And she's in the back, and she pulls up at some lights. Fucking red light here, right? So she winds down the window, and she's so <clears> famous <throat> in the Philippines. It's like the queen, basically. And all these street kids who are everywhere, like impoverished street kids, see her. And they're like, ah, it's Imelda Marcos. So they all fucking run over. She's opened a window on purpose because she does it. She's gone, aye, aye. And she leans back to her lady and waits. What's this? She goes like this. She, she literally goes, get the money out. <laughs> <laughs> and her lady in waiting has a special bag with money. And she just starts handing her what appeared to, I don't know what their fucking currency is, but they look like 20 pound notes or whatever. And she just, all these kids are just fucking gathered round at the lights and she just starts handing them out notes. No, 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 no. Mm. And all these little hands are coming. He goes, no, 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 no. And then she goes, right, green light, bye. And she just winds the window up. And it's really sad the little hands are in it, right? Oh, and then she's like, hands to the camera. Yeah, it's really sad. It wasn't like this when we were in charge, right? Which you, yeah. you subsequently find out is utter bollocks, right? Yeah, yeah. She created that scenario when, it, when they were in charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, anyway, but the funniest bit, right, there's so many funny bits, but for me, it's when she's explaining what her lifestyle was like when she was in charge. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'd go around the world meeting all these world, world leaders, but what I did when I was meeting another world leader, right, and they're just doing photos of her with, like, every famous fucking world leader yeah. of, of the 20th century, basically, right? And she's like, what I would never do was do any research on them in advance because mm. I thought I would rather go in rather than read what someone else has decided to say about them. I would rather go in knowing nothing and learn for myself. That's what I'm like. I like to learn for myself. And I mean, oh yeah, I've heard that one before. A lot of journalists and radio presenters do that. They go, oh, I never, I never read a book before interviewing someone about the book because I like to ask them myself. 
right? And you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you just can't be asked, mate, right? And she goes, <laughs> I just, I, I just learned for myself. And then she just starts going. She goes, she goes. What I like to do is turn up and ask them, "What's your?" I would ask them all the same question. What is your problem? What's your objective? What? No, but seriously, this is what she says. Everyone's got a problem, and I wanted to know what it is. So she goes, Richard Nixon, what's your problem? Colonel Gaddafi, what's your problem? What's your number one problem? And as she says, about your little ones, what's your biggest one? As she says it, they keep cutting to the picture of her with the person. And these actually, she goes, Richard Nixon, what's your problem? Colonel Gaddafi, what's your problem? Then she goes, Chairman Mao. What's your problem? <laughs> and she keeps listening to them all. Then she just goes, what's your problem? What's your problem? I see them all. What's your problem? And they tell me, Imelda, this is my problem. And then I'd get to know them better. I'd be able to size them up more. <laughs> Fucking I'm amazing. Them. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of like the Jimmy Savile of uh, the Philippines. <laughs> and then there's this, there's this really bad bit where, like, she <clears> goes, she goes, every time I go somewhere, I always like to take something back that reminds me of the place I've been. Right, <laughs> and so she talks about various different small things that she got. I'm fucking a cowboy hat from America, or whatever. And she goes, and then when I went to Kenya, we went out one day on safari, and I saw all these giraffes and zebras and uh, all the rest of it. And I thought that is what I'm going to take back to remind me of Kenya. So yeah. she fucking goes to Kenya and just buys a load of like wild giraffes and fucking zebras, whatever. She goes, I want all them, right? Or not okay. one, like Safari Park. I don't know who owes him. She goes, I want them all. She gets them all boxed up. There's footage of it. There's these fucking massive full-grown giraffes being fucking shoved at her behest into huge wooden boxes, right? Then shipped over to the Philippines, right? And Don't then- forget to put the breathing holes in the top and they'll die. <laughs> the last thing we need is to fucking spend all that money on a two-week shipping <laughs> fucking contract and then they come out dead. Right. Turn it all dead. She goes <laughs> like this. She goes, well, the thing about having all these animals, she went, they're used to running free out on the plains in Kenya, right? So a lot of people couldn't get them because, you know, they wouldn't have the space to keep them, right? <laughs> this wasn't like a couple. She got basically a whole fucking safari's worth of wild beasts from Africa, right? And she goes, so... um. <clears throat> She goes, uh, but I was all right because I had an, uh, a small island that I knew of where there weren't any people living. And then she goes, well, she goes. <laughs> an island tucked away. She goes, because the Philippines is like hundreds of fucking little islands. And she said, oh, yeah. I, had, I had one that I knew I could keep these animals on. She goes, she goes, because there weren't any people on there. She goes, well, there were some, but it's fine because I, I knew how to deal with them, right? Then it cuts this old woman who was a resident of the island. And there was something like 6,000 families living on this fucking island. A few in, people. In 1970-whatever, right? Yeah. She turns up with the fucking army and all these boxes and all these families who live in this tranquility on this little island in the Philippines. They go, what's all this? And they go, this is your new fucking neighbours, cunts. And they open the boxes <laughs> and these fucking zebras and giraffes and monkeys. Lions. All- they all just fucking come charging out, right? And they go, we can't live with these. And she's going, you're fucking right. You're going to have to move, cons, right? And they just have to either leave the island or sort of go into hiding in a safe place where these fucking... The animals oh, are still Jesus there now because they've all been breeding with each other ever since. But yeah. they've all been interbreeding, 
right? Because yeah, they that, got... that was it. Yeah, that was all yeah. they had. So yeah. now there's like fucking. You mutant... can only breed with what's put in front of you. Yeah, there's like <laughs> mutant fucking mad wild animals, and some of the original residents still living on this island. Going, yeah, basically our whole lives were ruined because Imelda Marcos, on a whim, decided to buy yeah. a load of fucking animals and dump them on our little island. It'd be like, fucking imagine if someone hell. did that round your way in Sunderland. The <clears throat> mayor of Sunderland fucking rocks yeah. up and goes, I bought a load of fucking tigers. I've been to India on a fact-finding mission and I come back with a load of fucking tigers and elephants. I'm releasing well, we them it. onto the streets of Sunderland. We, we had it. We had it. I mean, you know, I've told you before, I grew up in a place called Shiny Row, which yeah. sounds delightful, but yeah. it really isn't. Yeah. Um, just down the road from Shiny Row, there was the big... Um, estate called the Lampton Estate, which is owned by Lord Lampton. Yeah. It was his lo- lordly grounds and all this sort of thing. <laughs> Great big fucking patch of land. And yeah. he opened a safari park on it called Lampton Lion Park in the 1970s. Right. So there was, uh, you could drive through and you look at the lions and all that, and there was yeah. giraffes and shit and all that going on. And there was also an aeroplane that you could go up the stairs, the steps at the back. It was a passenger aeroplane yeah. that had been decommissioned. Because people didn't go on foreign holidays in the 70s. Really so they much. hadn't seen so an aeroplane. go on an aeroplane. Yeah. So you go yeah. up the back steps, walk along, have a look at the seats and everything, and yeah. then get down the front steps again. So Lampton Lion Park ended up getting closed because the fucking animals kept escaping onto the main road fucking nearby. Hell. There was notorious, like, escapees. Mm. Um, I don't think a lion ever escaped, but, like, I think a giraffe got out once. Oh. Monkeys would escape. And the fucking thing was chaos. A giraffe. And that it closed it, it down. A, a giraffe on the loose wouldn't so last long, would it? It did happen in Sunderland. It did happen in Sunderland on a smaller uh, there's scale, a li- There's a lion on the loose in Devon. <clears throat> there has been for years, apparently. Is there? That's yeah. good. That's yeah, good to know. It, like, they can't... It, it's really good at hiding. I mean, a giraffe Yeah, they've never seen it. To. It's so good at hiding. No one's seen it nah, for years. No, sometimes it jumps out in the road on people late ah, at night. Ah, ah, that's right, Con. I'm a lion. I'm still ah. here. Tell your pals. <laughs> and then it jumps back in again. Up, update the records. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still fucking going strong. <laughs> I wonder if it's a really soft-ass, friendly lion like Lenny the Lion, that fucking yeah. ventriloquist puppet. Oh, that lion out of the... Oh. Uh, come on, pull him on, pull him on. Yeah. The one out of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. Cowardly lion. Yeah, he's good that. He's um, probably my favourite right, so lion. That, we've run out of time, but that's Imelda Marcos. The mm. Kingmaker, you said. It's called the Kingmaker, yeah. I don't think oh, it's right, new. I mean, it's been that. up there for a while, but it was Friday night. We didn't have anything else to watch. And my good wife went, might as well just watch a film about Imelda Marcos, mate. And I, I haven't yeah. looked back. Yeah. Good. Life-enhancing stuff. Um, quick look at the uh, the football results and predictions. Aston Villa Spurs, nobody got anything for that. West Ham Arsenal, nobody got anything for that. I got something because I had a quid on 3-3 when, when it was 3-1. Sorry, Did you? Yeah. Nice one. It was, only no, well, 13 to, it was only 13 to 2. The I bookies got, kind of thought that was the way it was going to go, I think. I've got, I so, got to say, when they pulled one back, I think everyone watching that game had a feeling because it felt like a mad anarchic football match where, like, yeah, mad shit was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, you got one point. I got no points. And no. Um, results bot got six. No, no, seven. Because it predicted Millwall won Burren nil. Fucking hell, mate. He might so take you over. He's on 73. I'm on 79. You're on 97. So wow. There go. Not much movement at the top. Uh, that's it. We'll be back throughout the week with more of the same shit. Um, always wipe your bottom. And never regret a cut.
high-backed. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.